Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Eric Pincus of the Bleacher Report coming up here uh, momentarily. Gordon, uh, he wrote uh, a piece last week headlined a 10-point plan to prevent tanking, crown a champion, and reopen the NBA, a piece that uh, caught your mind or caught your eye. Yeah, and uh, so we thought it would be good to talk with him. It'll be interesting to talk with him, see what he thinks about the way the uh, resumption of the NBA season is uh, shaping up. Yeah, especially as we kind of inch closer and do have a little bit more news that seems to seep out on a somewhat daily basis. In fact, let's uh, get out of the Sprint special guest line, Sprint, where they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. He writes for the Bleacher Report. We just mentioned it, uh, had a piece out, a 10-point plan to prevent tanking, crown a champion, and reopen the NBA. He is Eric Pincus with us here on The Big Show. Eric, how are you? Uh, not bad, under the circumstances, trying to make the best of uh, my time and, uh, you know, getting by. Well, uh, let's let's start there with present uh, circumstances, and we don't necessarily want to dwell on this in, in this interview, but if you have any thoughts in sports' role or, or any thoughts in general on the op- or the, the difficulties currently facing our country. Well, I mean, there's no way to sum it up in, 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 a, in a moment, but just to say that, uh, you know, one thing that basketball, you know, I work in the NBA world, what it brings us is, uh, you know, proximity closeness to people who are different uh the nba itself has people from all over the world it's very diverse uh but it is a a very black athlete dominated sport and the exposure that i've had to people who are different have different backgrounds has been uh treasured a tremendous experience uh having done this for almost two decades and uh i think uh, uh that sort of uh attempt to understand and appreciate and to share and to get to know people who are different is a positive in this world, uh, as opposed to judging and deciding one is better than the other, which to me doesn't really add up to any kind of sense. So, you know, we need to protect those who are victims. And if I can help in any way, uh, make change, you know, I'm on board. Here, here. Uh, Eric, uh, we, uh, we read your story that you had 10 various points that you covered in it. I'm wondering, now that we have the information that we have, it seems like it's coming down to a 22-team uh, situation. What do you make uh, in Orlando? What do you make of that? And uh, do you think it will fit the bill? Well, it, there's not going to be any solution that works for everyone. It's just not in the cards because of uh, what's happened outside of anyone's doing. It's just this is the world that we live in right now with uh, you know, virus and um I think 30 teams is an ideal, getting them all back. But uh, it's uh, an added expense to have teams come back when they don't have a playoff edge. There's no way they can make the playoffs, or there's no reasonable way with the number of games we can have back. But there's also a financial motivation to get all 30 back. The smaller teams, uh, the Warriors can probably survive missing the playoffs and not coming back. They're already eliminated. But some of the smaller teams that partake in revenue sharing may struggle through this. And there are certain obligations to reach certain numbers in their local television deals that won't get met. And there are some issues that the league will have to address. And I'm doing some research to try to figure out if the, if that's in this plan. So what happens with the other eight teams and uh, are they in some way subsidized or compensated for their losses? If there are any, uh, but if it's safe and if the league can do this, then they should absolutely try. 
Uh, I think the NBA should be a leader uh, for getting the economy restarted. If it's safe, of course, uh, that we're star for the entertainment of the sport, uh, that we seeing the visuals of our great leaders in this sport, be it LeBron James, Chris Paul, um, long list of, of tremendous a- athletes and, and in, a, in a way artists, uh, because this sport is very much an art. Uh, speaking their truth, representing their community, I think that would also be great for for the world that we're you know the beyond the virus, uh, you know the, the experience that we're going through now. So I'm all for it. Uh, there are some commonalities to my concept of a plan to what they're going to do. I think Orlando makes a lot of sense, being that it's tied to uh, Disney and Disney owns ABC and ESPN, the broadcast partners. So they have a tremendous incentive to making this happen. Whereas another location like Las Vegas may not have the same goals. Uh, and it certainly doesn't make sense to travel to 30 cities or 22 cities, given the restrictions we're faced in, in society. So uh, still a lot to digest. I don't know all the details, but uh, I think we're we're taking steps now towards a return as opposed to inching towards it. So, Eric, as I, I look through your piece, really enjoyed it and look through some of your ideas and, and look through some of the stuff that is, that is being reported. Of course, there's a lot to figure out, but it seems like it's going fairly smoothly with the NBA, um, especially when it comes to relationship with the, the Players Association. Now, the NFL hasn't missed any games, but it certainly hasn't been a smooth ride for Major League Soccer or Major League Baseball. Why do you think it's been different with the NBA, if, if you think that at all? Right. Well, I mean, there's... There's differences uh, in that, you know, this, we're in the planning stage. Um, and so it's a lot easier, in my opinion anyway, to have consensus in planning versus uh, facing the obstacles of execution where something doesn't go as planned. Because, you know, we're all human beings. And uh, by design, we're not, none of us are perfect. Uh, and there are going to be mistakes and there are going to be little failures, hopefully, that don't. Um, ripple and, and fail the whole thing. Hopefully they'll put in enough ways to protect the league as a whole if, if a player comes in contact and, and you know becomes infected and whatnot. So the, I think the union in, in the NBA is very strong. It's, it's not perfect, um, but it has a good relationship. They've had a good working relationship under current leadership with Chris Paul and Michelle Roberts and with Adam Silver. Uh, in previous regimes, you know, the late David Stern, uh, Billy Hunter, uh, there were, uh, I don't know, more of a contentious relationship. So I think that positivity is carried forward, and they want, they, they can't do it on their own. The NBA can't dictate to the players, this is how we're going to do it. The players can't dictate the, the owners individually. The broad, No one can say, this is what we're going to do. It has to be done in consensus because of the, the rules and the structure, uh, the collective bargaining agreement of the NBA. So with that in mind, since they know they have to solve it together. So far, we've seen that. The question then becomes what happens when things don't go well and, and there are delays and, and do things get petty or things have to get canceled? Where does it go from here? I'm, I'm an optimist and I'm, I'm hoping that we get through it successfully, but you know that possibility of failure still remains. One of the things you discuss in that article was the idea of uh, no conferences in the postseason, seeding one through 16. People have talked about it in the past in other seasons. Do you think that'll ever happen? Because the West has been more dominant than the East, and uh, a lot of teams out this way seem as though they might get cheated just because they're up mm-hmm. against 
tougher competition out this way. Well, yeah, I mean, we've seen in in somewhat recent history a team with 45 wins miss the playoffs, whereas in the East you'll have a team with uh, 35 or 38 or something like that get to the playoffs, and is that fair? But that's the system that we have. And, and this year it's a little different because, you know, whatever we continue with, and, and it sounds like they're sticking with conferences, but it's still unclear. Uh, but it, 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 there's no travel issue if the entire league is finished in Orlando. The, the biggest issue of reseeding everybody 1 through 16 is like the concept of like the Portland Trailblazers getting the Miami Heat in the first round, where you're going from, you know, the northwest, as close to the northwest tip of the country as we have in the NBA to the most, maybe the most southeast. And, and to get to a series where you have to travel across multiple time zones every other game in a series is not really tenable for the NBA. So at this point, there's no real momentum under normal circumstances. But since this is an opportunity to try it, maybe this would be the year to do so. And, you know, my article, I, I was proposing to open up you know, all basically all 500 teams are better are in the playoffs. So that's 13 teams, uh, open up the three additional spots to the 17 teams remaining. Let every team have a shot, even the warriors to make it, but give them a penalty or a reward for where they are in the standings. Now freeze the lottery order. So it's set to the last day of, of the season that we had in March. And, uh, that would take away tam- t- uh, tanking and, and go from there. And because you weren't seeding those final three seeds, uh, to conference that you would in turn do the same for the, the playoff teams and just do it as best of 16. But I don't think there's a motivation right now to do it. Uh, it's something that Adam Silver has looked at and the league has pushed to at least explore. But I don't think they've discovered the solution for, for the time zone issue. They understand that traveling across time zones has an impact on the human body and they don't want to have a detrimental effect uh, on, on players and their ability to play. And they don't want to have increased injuries because uh, of just the, you know, the concept of reseeding. Eric Pincus is with us from the Bleacher Report, and I enjoyed all the detail you went into in your piece talking about restarting and some of the things maybe. Give us give us something that, uh, a detail or something that they're going to have to overcome that nobody's really talking about and should or will eventually get attention. Um, I don't know what's not being talked about. I mean, it's, it's pretty broad, but I will say that, um, you know, it is important to focus on, you know, it's easy to say, okay, you have a, a team with, let's say, 15 players. And so a game is 30, 30 people, right? Well, um, then you start to think about, okay, well, now you have officials, uh, and there's three officials, plus you want to have an alternate in case an official gets hurt, there's a playoffs. Uh, and then you have the stats crew, uh, who, you know, the official score, the shot clock operator, game clock operator, uh, the liaison to the uh, replay center. You have the coaching staffs, you have the trainers, you know, we start going further to the people who have to mop up the floor when players sweat uh, and, and, you know, and hit the floor, you have to have a clean floor. Uh, You know, you're not going to have playoff basketball players mopping up their sweat. You know, I mean, the ones on the bench, you're not going to have the bench players mopping up sweat. And so when we start to add in all those numbers and you think about who has to be quarantined and isolated and protected, those numbers grow so um, exponentially by team. And then when you say 30 teams back, and then you start talking maybe families, you know, are, you, are we keeping players from their families for potentially three months? And the, the, the numbers involved and the, the points of, of, I guess, vulnerability uh, in supporting all of those people from hotels and who has to uh, 
you know, catering and you know hospitality and it, you know cleaning the rooms and all those factors every anywhere along the way someone could get infected and infect someone else how do you protect that and so that to me is is the real vulnerability the real scary part uh, we could talk about all the you know seeding this and how many games that uh, but reducing the pressure by the number of teams by reducing the number of people involved as much as possible I think that's the way to protect this return as much as possible so if they do go below 30 teams that's the motivation that's part of the motivation what do you think it'll be like eric uh, playing these games in front of no fans well you know i I go to the g league showcase every year uh in las vegas Uh, last two years it's been at the mandalay bay and it's the it's the minor little leagues minor league and they're playing uh a whole tournament system and it's uh, maybe four or five days somewhere in that neighborhood and there are tables around uh the court for executives but there's there's no fans there's no crowd there if you if you i've gone to uh the the south bay lakers uh, or before that the, the la defenders as they were previously known and go to some games and there may be like 60 70 or maybe even 100 or 200 fans uh, and then I go, of course, my you know, my kids play, and you go to AU games, and there's not that many people in the crowd. So I, I don't think it's outrageous. It's different. It's it's costly for the league to go through this without fans. They're going to be feeling the repercussions. Uh, they're losing about 40% of their income, roughly, uh, for any games without fans, but it's better than nothing. Uh, it will be weird. It'll be different. But, I mean, I don't think it's that outrageous. And... I've seen practices and scrimmages uh, with the Lakers or the Clippers at their facilities, uh, whereas media will get to see the last few minutes of those. And they're playing their hearts out. They're playing hard. And they don't, there's no fans there. And, and they're passionate. And I think I think the first two or three games, people are going to be a little weirded out by it. But after it gets rolling, I think it's just going to be business as usual. Well, Eric, uh, if and when we get this all back, you have any favorites? Who do you like uh, when the NBA resumes? Well, I, I think the three teams uh, that's, that are a little bit uh, ahead of everyone else are uh, the Bucks, the Lakers, and uh, the Clippers. I think uh, teams to consider in the West are certainly the Jazz and the Nuggets and the Rockets. Uh, you know, there are other teams I'm forgetting. You know, with the Thunder and the Mavericks, I don't probably don't keep them as 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 in much esteem as as the others. Uh, and then in the East, I, I don't want to write off the Raptors. I think there's a certain uh, like institutional knowledge that they have of how to win because they're the defending champs. They don't have Kawhi, but they've been there and they know how to do things that maybe other teams haven't proven that they know how to do. Uh, Celtics and Sixers are interesting. Uh, there's a few other teams out there. Again, I'm, I'm forgetting somebody. I don't mean to insult any teams, uh, but really I think the top three teams are just a little bit ahead of everybody else where uh, – it would be an upset if it's not one of those three teams. Eric, I I like the way you stress safety in this story, and you were talking about that a minute ago. But what you said about uh, something as simple as a trip to the market could scuttle the entire season if somebody's out of line, and you suggested perhaps a year suspension for anybody who breaks the rules. <laughs> Do you? How will that be enforced? I mean – there, there, you, you don't want it to feel like it's some sort of prison environment, but uh, you know there needs to be uh, 
you know, like a no entry, no exit policy. And if there's a if there's a reason why exit or exiting exit or entry is happening, obviously someone could have an emergency or you know something serious. And and if that's the case, they may need to be quarantined on reentry, or they need to be escorted by uh, NBA personnel to make sure that whatever happens is within uh, the bubble of safety. I, you know, I don't know how intense they're going to be about this. I, I can only imagine. Um, but we talked about you know the, the vulnerability points of all the people involved. It's not just the players. It's all these other you know, staffings that are got, they need to, you can't, you can penalize a player, but if you're making, you know, a few thousand dollars for this whole experience as a, I don't know how much this statistician is going to get, no idea. But if it's a few thousand, you know, what kind of punishment could there be that, you know, whatever. But obviously if you lose the opportunity to ever run stats for a game again, you're going to take that seriously. If that means, you know, going out to cost you your job, you're not going to go out. Uh, it, It has to be taken so seriously that it's not something as simple as uh, yeah, go go get some. What was it? One of the soccer coaches, I think it was, in Germany went for toothpaste, and players got infected out of that. It's the co- you know, it's 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 insane. You know, this is the the ounce of caution and agreement between the players to go through this and say, we're doing this earnestly. We 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 are not doing this. We're doing this as employees making millions of dollars. We can't jeopardize a billion-dollar industry because we want to go get toothpaste. <laughs> well, Eric, we appreciate you uh, jumping on the show with us today and enjoyed your piece, uh, piece there at Bleacher Report. Keep up the good work. All right, gentlemen. Thank you, and uh, stay safe. And, and if you can find a way to help somebody who's disadvantaged, please take the time to do so. Thanks, Eric. We appreciate yeah. it. Eric Pincus of uh, the Bleacher Report with us. And again, uh, that uh, the piece he had up at Bleacher Report, a 10-point plan to prevent tanking, crown a champion, and reopen the NBA. And I like it because he, uh, he did get into great detail in that piece. He does, and he has different ideas, and some of them will be uh, considered and some will not. But uh, I like the emphasis that he put on the things that we talked about with him. I wonder if it is. I wonder if it really is just the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Bucks. You know, they they, almost, they seem I to be far wish, away the best teams. I I almost wish it's that there's a surprise that there's somebody that comes in. You know, you want the best team to win, whatever. I get that, but it would be nice to have somebody come out of the blue. Because remember, before the season started, everybody was wondering this year. Oh, it's all, you know, the Warriors are down. It's it's all wide open this year. Well, I hope it is. All right, we'll have more coming up next. It is the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.